It's FM 104's Switched On. I love nothing more than a nice awards ceremony. Actually, I like anything where people dress up really nice. For example, the Barbie and Oppenheimer premieres were on last week. And Dua Lipa, for me, is probably the most stunning person who's ever on a red carpet in a silver sequin dress. I absolutely love it. And all the stars get dressed up for nights of awards ceremony. And this week, we were finally gifted the nominees for the Emmy Television Awards. And there's only one lady I had to get on to talk about any type of awards ceremony and all things celebrity gossip as well. We'll get into a little bit of that. Geek Ireland editor, Miss Olivia Fahey. Olivia, hello. How are you? Hello. What a lovely intro. Oh, well, I think so. I, I, you were probably wondering where I was going with the Dua Lipa thing, to be fair. I was just a little waffling. I just think she's brilliant, though. She's great. That's fine. I, I thought she looked absolutely fabulous, but I've never heard as many men be so invested in someone's outfit. I wonder why. Hey, it was a gorgeous outfit and uh, hashtag free the nipple. Okay, now, so... <laughs> The, the Emmys. The Emmys are 75th Primetime Emmy Awards. The nominations were released. And uh, who was the big winners in the uh, world of Emmy nominations this past week? Well, I think it should come as absolutely no surprise that Succession pretty much wiped the board with, you know, all of their nominations. They've actually broken their own record for the most nominations. They have a total. Are you ready? Go on. 27 nominations. 27. And 14 of them are for acting. Wow. That, that's a lot. That's let's a lot for acting. Wow. Yeah. Let, let's, just, let's just digest that for a second. Like, they have three actors nominated for Best Actor. They have um, Sadie Snook is nominated for Best Actress. They have four people nominated in Best Supporting Actor one for Best Supporting Actress, and then across the Guest Actor and Actresses categories, they have five. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. And what, what are the like early days, obviously, in the uh, voting process for, for the people involved in actually picking the winners uh, of these things from the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences? Are they going to win most of those 27, do you think? You know what? They stand a very good chance. Um, I'm kind of looking here because it, this is all in the drama categories. It's where their nominations have come from because, of course, it is a drama series. Um, but they're actually up against another Sky exclusive series, The Last of Us, across many of those. The Last of Us, of course, was the absolute juggernaut that hit our screens in January based on the video game. And everybody just, even if you hate zombies or hate video game-based content, everybody just loved this show. And they are actually up against a lot of people in the same categories. So <laughs> I don't know which way it's going to go. I personally think The Last of Us might actually scoop a lot more of the categories than we think. Um, but in, say, for example, Best Actor, you've got Brian Cox, Kieran Culkin, who's been promoted from supporting actor to actor, uh, to lead actor, which I think was completely valid. He completely stole the fourth season for me. And, of course, Jeremy Strong as well. But they're the three reps for Best Actor. They're up against Pedro Pascal for The Last of Us. We also have Jeff Bridges for The Old Man. I don't know if you've seen it, but a lot of people no, have been talking really, really highly of it, and especially of his performance. And then we have Better Call Saul's Bob Odenkirk. And I kind of really want him to get it because it's going to be his last chance to win it <laughs> now that the series is done. So I think it's either going to be Kieran, Bob, or Pedro. Will that not be why Succession sweeps the board here? Because that's also done. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I assume that's I assume that's why there's so many nominations for this because it's over now and it's like, okay, this is a really good television series. Everybody loves it. Let's give them all the awards. We seem to have had a lot of that this year as well. It's like it's either been the last season or the first season and that's kind of what we're seeing in a lot of the nominations. You've either got someone on their last chance or someone just like breaking onto the scene. Like Bella Ramsey is one of the favourites to take Best Actress. Um, she's up against Sarah Snook um, from Succession. We also have Sharon Horgan, you know, go on the Irish. Yes. Um, Melanie Linsky uh, for her role in Yellow Jackets, not for her role in The Last of Us, but she was nominated for that in Guest Actress. Um, and Kerry Russell for The Diplomat. Oh, and Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale. But, you know, like, I think that's kind of just like, she's just always going to get nominated now. We yeah. know she's good. I just don't think she's going to win it again. <laughs> I just don't think it's going to happen for her. Um, I do think Bella Ramsey may actually just have this in the bag. Um, they are absolutely fantastic. And I think, I think, there's a couple of fun facts about this. If Bella wins, they're going to become the youngest youngest actress to win the drama category, beating Zendaya, who previously held the record for her win for Euphoria. And she was, I believe, 24. Bella is 19. Ooh. And if they win, they're going to get the option to have Best Performer engraved onto their statuette, I think. Now, I read that somewhere. I cannot remember where. So hopefully someone can Google it for me. <laughs> oh, I like that. And last year's comedy winner, of course, he, uh, you know, stole everybody's heart with his homemade biscuits. Mr. Ted Lasso, back for another round and a couple of more nominations uh, for that, what I think is just one of the best television shows of the last five years. I absolutely love Ted Lasso. 21 nominations, nine for acting, and it has become only the fifth series in history to actually have all of its series regulars nominated for an acting award. Wow, that is good, isn't it? Really good. And when you look at like who else has achieved that, it's uh, Will and Grace, All in the Family, Golden Girls, and can you guess what the last one is? Oh, no, I'm never going to rec- get it. I'm never going to get say, it. It is a recent one. No, I'm never going to get it. Never gonna. I'm going to make a fool of myself even if I try and guess. Put me out of my misery. Oh, uh, well, if I said the word Bebe, would that narrow down? No, probably not. Oh, wow, okay, Shit's Creek. <laughs> oh, so- oh, sorry, 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 yes, okay, you were doing the accent. Sorry, I my, see, my, I my see. My Moira Rose accent yeah. is not great, I'm you, sorry. You should have been I like, David, David. David? Oh, oh, wow. On point. I, oh, actually, I, I will say I can do it a good Alexis. A, a friend of mine can do a better Alexis because she has all the hand, hand gestures as well. <laughs> Shout out to Carol. <laughs> So, but this, so the interesting thing about the uh, Emmys, meant to be taking place in September, that may not happen though, will it? No, because, you know, we've got this lo- uh, lovely, lovely um, SAG-AFRA strike at the moment. And uh, yeah, basically it would entail that nobody would be able to go because under their legislation of striking, um, that would count as something that they're not permitted to do. So... Yeah, there is a lot of talk that the the Emmys will be postponed. And actually, the talk started even before the nominations came out and before SAG had decided to join the writer's strike mm. and strike themselves for their own reasons um, because of the writer's strike, which has been ongoing for, I think it's nearly 80 days or 90 days now. Like, it's been going for a while, lads. And hearing some of the responses from the studio heads it's a bit like, ah, here, lads. Like, one of the actresses posted on TikTok from um, Orange is the New Black, and she said that she was paid $27 in residuals from Netflix. I've seen yes. it. And actually, like, she has to move her phone 
physically down all the episodes. There's that many episodes. Like, yeah. it's a lot. It went and on then, for ages. And then like. it's like, it's nothing. They were saying, obviously, when things were on television, they were getting quite good residuals. Now that it's on streaming, mm. they're just not... They're just not getting the residuals at all. And this isn't about the top 1% of actors. This isn't about like Brad Pitt, who's who's arguing he's not getting paid enough. But it's so helpful that actors like that throw their weight behind the cause for other actors and other people in the industry who don't earn that much money. Exactly. And like there was a lot of people who were talking about the uh, the Oppenheimer cast walking off the, the red carpet or walking out of their premiere mm. um, once it had been announced. But that was them taking a stand for these people who are struggling to get health care, who are struggling to pay their bills. Even though they've appeared in a massive hit on streaming, does not mean that they are actually earning the money that a lot of people think that they are. But the people that are earning the money at least they are now able to help take a stand and be like, no, we're not down with this, so we're going to try and help. Like Luke Cook from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, he spoke out on his social media as well to be like, yeah, you think that I earned a hell of a lot of money? He's like, nope. And then there's another show that he did, I can't remember the name of it, but he said that he only earned he earned $7,500 for that show and has gotten like nothing in residuals nothing from it afterwards that's amazing which is, isn't it like, that's he was and he was um, he wasn't a guest actor he was just under a series regular wow and that, that's what he was getting and of course don't forget like in America they're all paid that you know directly then they've got to go take their tax out of it got to go take their health care out of it you know all that different stuff is agent fees agent, manager fees lawyer fees sometimes as well like it all just adds up but one of the questions that we were asking ourselves is for streaming it is much more difficult to see what counts as a replay as opposed to an initial play because it could be someone's first time watching it but it could have been out on the streamer for ages in my head my understanding was that say if they measure their viewerships within the first 28 days then wouldn't anything else after the 28 days count as, you know, those replays, um, what you'd see on, like, Friends being played consistently on, on Comedy Central. Like, all of those replays of the series would be counted toward the residual pay. So would that be the same for a streamer, that anything after that 28-day period, would that then be counted as how they get their residual pay? We don't know because it's new. So that's why there isn't really as clear an indication as to what to do here kind of thing. But unfortunately, it does seem that advantages have been taken. And um, I'm actually more shocked that it's taken this long for it all to come to light. Yeah, I do remember the last writer's strike. um, And it it, it stopped like TV shows and stuff that normally would have, say, 21, 22 episodes a season. They kind of had like 18 or 17 that season and things like that. But this has gone on a lot longer than I thought and uh, with look with the um, with the SAG actors joining and everything like that um, yeah it's the first them, time it's... that they've both gone on strike since I want to say 1960 I think the actors the SAGs um, they went on strike in the 80s I think yeah, I but 80s, I think this yeah. is the first time since they've both been on strike uh, since the 60s which is insane and actually, it's very unfortunate that it's happening. Um, I mean, unfortunate for the people behind the movies that it's happening the week of Barbie and Oppenheimer. Barbie got all their press done. Oppenheimer, I think a lot of their press was meant to be done this week. And it's just, this is not going to happen now. Uh, you'd be surprised. And actually, you will be surprised to hear how many outlets and um, TV series and films thought ahead 
Um, I know that a series that's going to be coming out, I think it's the end of next week, um, they did their drunkest two weeks ago. Oh, clever. I think because they knew that something was coming. Um, Another show that I have done interviews for, which is embargoed until September, um, I like that they had there is the end of June. So I do think a lot of people were aware that these were the grumblings going on. And just in case, let's just get everything done. Because I I was wondering why I suddenly had four junkets in a row with two (laughs) on the same day. It was just utter chaos. Um, at one point so uh, for people listening a junket is the where the press go to do all of their interviews um, so having more than one series or film um, junket in the one day is uh, quite stressful it's quite a <laughs> so lot it is a lot especially depend- if you have more than one interview as well um, it can be a lot all in the one go and yes there is some waiting around but you still have to be like on and ready to go as well um, so yeah a lot of people knew that the proverbial was about to hit the fan and made sure that they got a lot of their press done. And there's notes coming in now to be like, please ensure that when you do publish these, that it says that these were carried out before the strike because, of course, nobody wants to get into trouble. Yeah, and actually, not do it. that's something that they would normally not want you to say. They wouldn't yeah. want you to say how long, how long ago it was done. But look, that's the Emmys scheduled in at the minute for September 19th, I think it is. Uh, obviously, have to wait and see if they actually do take place. And uh, I'm backing Ted Lasso to uh, beat Succession and win just absolutely everything it possibly can at the top of the Emmys list. Olivia, that's the Emmys. Before I let you go, I know you're a giant Formula One fan like myself. This I've week, just got the big grin on my face. <laughs> this weekend in Hungary... The man who just made Netflix series Drive to Survive. I mean, he drops the C word every second sentence. He's drinking <laughs> beer out of his shoe and he wins. The honey he badger wins. Uh, <laughs> Whatever he wants. He looks great in a pair of Speedos, diving off rocks, you know, leaving Renault, joining whoever. Daniel Ricardo is back in a Formula One car. I think that's great, right? I really do. I think it's wonderful. Can we talk about Nick DeVries just for a second? Hasn't oh it been gosh. a little bit, like, very sad? So even the videos that were released by the team that Daniel Ricciardo was joining, it was all a bit too happy-clappy for me. It just was. Oh, it, this whole thing... Now, people who know me will know I am one of the biggest Daniel Ricciardo stands. I uh, have adored him since he set foot onto the grid all those years ago, and... I am so thrilled that he's back, but it has left such a sour taste in my mouth that Nick hasn't even been given a second thought. Everybody, it's almost as if they were waiting for someone to mess up and get Dan back on the grid. Because in fairness, I don't think anybody wanted to see him off the grid in the first place. It's just kind of how everything went, that all the seats were taken by the time Dan lost his, you know, damn you, Piastri. Um, But... (laughs) I do feel for Nick DeVries and the fact that I don't think he's released a statement. I don't think he's come out and said anything, but all over the Formula One channel, all over Alpha Tauri, it has all just been amazing. Like, oh, we're so happy to have Dan back. Dan's here. Look at this. Like, let's go down memory lane. Like, the Honey Badger is back. And yes, it is fantastic. But that doesn't mean that this young lad who, let's face it, drove extremely well for Williams when he subbed in for Alex Albon last season, scored points, I think, if or maybe yeah, became very close, very close to scoring points. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So clearly he is capable of the drive. But let's face it, AlphaTauri have produced a shocking car this year. So I don't know what they expect Dan to do with it if it's this bad. Like Yuki Tsunoda, he's not the greatest driver in the world. He's also not the worst. <clears throat> Stroll. And... Um, <laughs> He's barely able to get it in the points. Like, he's finished 11th so often that your heart like actually kind of breaks for him a little bit. But yeah. I would wonder, is, is Dan going to be able to to get it any closer to the uh, points than uh, that? You no. Know? I like, think the answer anybody, to that is no, Olivia. The answer <laughs> is probably no. But, like, if anybody could, it's Dan. But at least now, maybe, if, if Dan can't do it, Nick will be a little bit vindicated because he's like, ah, you fired me and he couldn't do any better. Like, of course, I would love for Dan to come back in a blaze of glory and be like, nah, 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 to McLaren. <laughs> but um, the chances are slim, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and to be fair, this the qualifying format for this weekend is slightly different. They're doing hard, medium, soft in Q1, Q2 and Q3 this week. Uh, I don't think uh, Daniel Ricciardo will have to... Um, <laughs> Concern himself with Q2 or Q3. So, look, let's, let's just be blunt. It is I, bad, I though. It is bad. He's going to keep them under the covers I, and I, save yeah. them for the race. I think, I think, I think he's very, definitely the softs, whatever the chance with the medium, I don't know. And the fact that Mazepin had more Grand Prix than Nick de Vries in itself is absolutely shocking. I know. But oh, Mazepin, remember him? <laughs> that was the best line David Croft ever said. And he's like, oh, my son, my son said Netflix doing another documentary on uh, Mazepin. He's like, yeah, it's a spin-off. I was like, oh, David Croft. <laughs> I love it. I love you for that, David Croft. And actually, do you know what? I can't wait to see um, next season's Drive to Survive because they gave Dan such a wonderful send-off because of course they were like we don't know if we're going to get to chat to you next season because you know you're not actually one of the main yeah, roster drivers yeah. so we're not really going to be allowed to um, and they gave him like this lovely send-off at the, at the end of the season and now it's going to be like I'm back baby yeah you so, can, you can see it to that moment. throw his hat on and all and he's like talking yeah you can just see it like I guarantee you he's going to be like I'm back yous and he'll use the C word that, that, that's, oh, what's, that's what's going to happen with Daniel Ricciardo oh I yeah. could talk Formula 1 all day but uh, I'll Alas, I am uh, not allowed. Olivia Fahey from geekireland.com. Where can people keep up to what you're doing and uh, read everything geek related to? Well, you can follow us at Geek Ireland on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, check us out at www.geekireland.com. And you can follow me at Toxicoly on Twitter or at Toxicoly2 on Instagram because some wagon took my name first. (laughs) You You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Never. She's never used it. It's a like a, it's nearly a blank page. I'm bitter. Come on, Instagram, help a girl out. How, how often do you check if she's posted things? At least once a month. <laughs> wow, wow. Editor at Geek Ireland, Olivia Fahey. Thank you very much for taking your time out of your very busy schedule to talk to FM 104.